Hello and welcome to Mahita Talks. I'm your host, Jerry Altergott, Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. Today, I'm very excited to have with us Andy Levine, co-owner of MHS Lift. Andy, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, if you could tell me a little bit more about MHS Lift and how you got started in this industry. So we are a distributor of material handling products and services. Uh, we represent Crown lift trucks and Unicarrier lift trucks as well. Uh, we do a warehouse layout and design. And I got started in this industry close to 30 years ago. My, our father, Bob Levin, started this business out of his uh, out of his bedroom a little over 50 years ago, and he built a really great organization. And uh, I guess I started when I was roughly when I was a little kid. Uh, our dad, he would bring my brothers and I to work. Uh, one of my brothers, Brett, is our uh, co-owner. He's he's our my partner. He would bring us to work when we were kids. And while he was in his office, my brothers and I would go out into the shop and we got to, you know, we would honk the horns and, and raise the masts up. And then our dad would come out and we would drive around in the parking lot. So I was kind of hooked at an early age. I thought my dad was the coolest dude in the world. And it turned out that he was. And um you know, they want to guess when I was 12 years old, I started cutting the lawn. And when I was in college, I uh, would come in in the summer times and work in the parts department. And then I graduated school and I beach bum for about two weeks. And my dad came out and said, all right, that's enough. Let's go to work. And I've been here ever since. Wow, that's such a fun story. I think most people I talk to about how they get started in this industry is very happy hazardly and I'm sure you've heard the industry running joke about how nobody goes to high school um, dreaming of, of forklifts but it sounds like you're one of the unique few who grew up knowing about material handling so that's awesome uh, to hear and kudos to your dad for, for bringing you and your brother into this business um, I think that's awesome so uh, there's a myriad of reasons of why we wanted you uh, on our podcast today but one of the things um, that I don't think is enough attention, especially in material handling, is corporate social responsibility. Um, and I know that you and your team do a lot in regards to that. So I was wondering if you could kick us off with a little bit about what does corporate social responsibility mean to you? Well, I think for the most part, it means giving back to those less fortunate. You know, I know people that they feel that they've gotten to where they've gotten to in life because maybe they're the smarter than everybody else or they work harder than everybody else. And I just feel that people that believe that, they just don't get it. Um, look, I was fortunate enough that I was born into a family with two loving parents, a father with the foresight to get into a great industry and pick up wonderful lines like Crown and, and back then Datsun lift trucks, which is now Unicarriers, which was, you know, we were just blessed with such, uh, with such luck. We've had customers that we've had literally for 50 years. We've had loyal customers. We had great vendors, our associates at MHS, uh, many of which have been here for 30, uh, some over 40 years. So for anybody who thinks that they're where they are because they're smarter, they work harder than everybody, is, is in our opinion, is just kind of silly. So for our standpoint, we want to give back to those that are less fortunate. And, and, and one of the big things that we've gotten involved in has been the Boys and Girls Club of Camden County, uh, as well as the Ronald McDonald House in Camden. And can you expand a little bit on what you do with those um, two organizations? Right. So 
I became a member of the board of the Boys and Girls Club about oh, about four years ago. My mother-in-law was the vice president of the board, and she died suddenly. And after her death, I wanted to continue her legacy, so I joined the Boys and Girls Club board. One of the first events that I was able to participate in was a Youth of the Year Award competition. And this is a national competition where kids from the from each club have to write a series of essays and then they present their essays to a committee. And I joined this committee and I was just absolutely blown away with how talented these young men and women were. And when you get to hear their stories, of where they came from. And, and many of these kids, you know, they weren't born into fortunate families that my brother and I were born into. Some of these kids have parents that are or single parents, perhaps a, a parent that may be incarcerated or, or hooked on drugs. It was just so compelling how far some of these kids have come given the situations that they had to overcome and deal with. And through that, you know, um, it just made our my brother and I really want to get more involved. The way the program uh, is designed, anyone that participates in the program from Camden gets a $500 uh, award. And then the winner of the Camden competition gets a $2,000 scholarship for school. And then they can go to the state and national. We didn't think that was enough. So Brett and I, a few years ago, decided that the winner of the Camden uh, competition would get a full four-year scholarship to Rowan University. Rowan University agreed to partner with us on this. So MHS Lyft pays for the, the student's tuition and Rowan University picks up room and board. So we now have three really bright young, you know, it's two, two young women and one really super, super boy um, attending Rowan University that we are sponsoring. And it's something that we're really proud of. And like I said, you know, we're, Brett and I were very fortunate to be given the opportunities that we were given. And we just feel that if we can give at least one kid a year an opportunity to get the, a college degree and live on campus in beautiful campus in Glassboro, New Jersey, to give them that opportunity, we just felt that it was it's something that makes us really feel good. I mean, that's absolutely remarkable. I'm certainly blown away about what you've done and why you guys do it. Um, how do you go about picking who receives um, these gifts? There is a there is a committee. Uh, both my brother and I are on the committee, but we we only get one vote, um, each of us. It's a group of people that are on this committee. And like I said, the kids come and they read their parts of their essays. And then there's a Q&A session. And then after the after all of the um, applicants get to present, then the committee picks a winner. And whoever the winner is, the winner is eligible for this four-year scholarship. Wow, that's so impressive. Have you had anybody graduate on your scholarship and come back to work for MHS? Not yet. They're still in school. We just started this program a, a few years ago, so we don't have any graduates yet. But there are no strings attached. They don't have to come and work at MHS Lift. Um, I think one of uh, one of the candidates, the, the first student, I believe, is a computer science major or graphics graphic arts design major. It really doesn't matter what they what they do. And, and quite frankly, it would be wonderful if they would come to work at MHS Lift because we'd be lucky to have any of them. But we certainly wanted to make it where there were no strings attached. It's um, 
they're free <laughs> they're free to do whatever they <clears throat> and do you keep in touch with them through the course of their education not a whole lot but we do see them at a lot of the boys and girls club events throughout the year they do like to come back some of them are still on the staff at the boys and girls club so I do see them from time to time when they're when they're they're at the club or at these uh, at these other events. Well, I have to say again, that, that's an awesome initiative. I think you guys are doing some really great things. Uh, you touched a little bit on why corporate social responsibility is important to you and your brother, but why do you believe it's important to your business? Well, I feel like our customers have choices. Our associates have choices. And it's important that our customers and our associates know that my brother and I, we care about the community and that we're doing good things with the money that we're fortunate enough to earn. Our customers can do, like I said, they have choices. They can do business with other companies. But I feel like because I get a lot of feedback from our customers, because we do post a lot of things that we do on social media and I get phone calls, I get emails, I get text messages really thanking us and just commenting on, on how proud they are that we're doing the, the types of things that we do. So I do think that it's important that our people, our associates, and our customers are aware of the social things that we're doing outside of work. I think you raised such a good point. I've worked on a number of um, corporate social responsible, responsibility initiatives for a number of different organizations. And, you know, I've worked with some organizations that are hesitant um, to really talk publicly about some of the charitable things that they do because they do it out of a, a true wanting to give just like you guys do. Um, but I do think it's an important part for people to be aware because in some cases it inspires others to do the same. Um, in some cases it gives people a better kind of feeling of doing business with you. Um, so I think all of those are important to talk about both internally and externally. So I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of speaking on, on that topic, we've done a number of different sessions around millennials and, and recruiting people from different types of backgrounds. Um, and social responsibility comes up a lot, especially in millennial generation when recruiting, that they want to work for a company that cares about social responsibility. Do you talk about these initiatives when you're recruiting new team members? You hit on a good point, especially when it comes to millennials. I think that's going to be the next great generation. And they want to know and feel that what they're doing is making a difference. And let's face it, we're in the material handling business. It's not like we're, you know, we're not making solar panels or trying, you know, or, or um, trying to cure cancer. I mean, we're in the material handling business. So at least if our associates know that all the good work and the hard work that they're going to put in, that a, a, a portion of those proceeds are going to charities like the Boys and Girls Club and to help underprivileged kids get a chance to make it in the world. And the great work that my brother does with the Ronald McDonald House, which helps families of sick children, Cooper University, to give them a place to stay at no charge. And the work that he does I think the, our, the millennials, and not just the millennials, but all of our associates, they like to know that the, the hard work that they're going to put in, that the, the proceeds of that are going to go to something, that, something that's good. And my brother and I, we don't just write checks. You know, I mean, it's easy to sit at your desk 
And if you're fortunate enough to, to have the means to do so, to just sit at your desk and write a check to different charities to satisfy your guilt that you, that you did something. But we do more than that. Like we're on the board. You know, we spend a lot of time. We go to meetings. Brett is the vice president of the board of the Ronald McDonald House. I work with the Boys and Girls Club, not just with the scholarship fund, but in addition to my board responsibilities, we just put a program together where I led a group where we had law enforcement officials in Camden come to the club to play with the kids and to start meaningful dialogue between law enforcement and the community. Like I said, we, we don't just we don't just sit at our desk and write checks. We get involved and we and we contribute. And I think that's such a great point. I love what you said about just not just writing a check because corporate social responsibility is so much more than that. And I think you guys have really proven that and are, are great examples in this industry of that. You know, kind of just staying on corporate social responsibility, but also talking about the pandemic a little bit. Um, you know, today companies are really holding on to cash, not sure what the future is going to look like. Do you worry at all that the current corona pandemic is putting corporate social responsibility at risk in the future? I do. Um, I worry about it when you, you know, when you hear unemployment figures that were, what, 20 20% unemployment, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 million people out of work. There are a lot of businesses that are hurting right now. There are a lot of sectors that may not come back anytime soon. And I'm sure that's going to put a strain on the nonprofits. We are, are in a, a space that is very fortunate. We have basically two customers, customers that are trying to figure out how to reconfigure their warehouses so that they can compete with the online sales and be able to support um, their Amazon sales and so forth. Or they're subcontracting out their business to 3PL companies that are doing the same. And in our business, we service both. So mm -hmm. warehousing and distribution business right now is, you know, I hate to say it, but it's, you know, we're one of the few winners in this economy right now. Indust the industrial space is, uh, is, is really growing and expanding. So I feel that we're very fortunate and because we're very fortunate, more of a reason that we should give back. And I hope that others in our, in our space are doing the same. I love that. I think that's such a great point. Well, thank you so much for sharing what you guys have done. Again, it's very impressive. I think other companies should look to you guys to, to be the example for sure. So you've made it to the end of the first part of our podcast. Um, but at the end, as I said, we'd like to get to know our guests and Mejita members a little bit better. So you've made it to the lightning round of the podcast where I'm going to ask you 10 quick questions. We're looking for the first answer that comes to your head. Um, none of them should be too embarrassing, but we can always edit them out if they are. Are you ready? Do I have to answer all of them? Uh, you don't <laughs> have to answer anything you don't want to, but they're they're light. I, I try to go easy on you for this one. So start off easy. You had already said that um, when you were little, your, your dad was in the industry and really brought you in. Um, but was there something else you wanted to be when you were a small kid growing up? I wanted to be the president of the United States. Wow. What would you sing at karaoke night? Don't Stop Believing by Journey. <laughs> Classic karaoke song, very nice. What three items would you take with you on a deserted island? Items? I would say a cell phone. Uh, <laughs> pass. All right, well, we know the cell phone's a winner on that one. Maybe you'll take three cell phones. What's the most unusual thing you've ever eaten? 
I would say eel. In sushi? I don't know. Yeah, it was in sushi. I am not an adventurer. I'm not an adventurer. <laughs> if you could join any past or current music group, who would it be? Genesis. Nice. Kind of old school. Um, what's your favorite family holiday tradition? I like Thanksgiving. It's a shame this year we didn't really get to enjoy it, but I normally have 35, 40 people over our house for Thanksgiving. And our house is the house where if, if any, anyone that we know doesn't have somewhere to go or have family, you know, in the area, my wife and I like to invite them over our house to share Thanksgiving with us. That's awesome. Would you rather go hang gliding or white water rafting? Oh, hang gliding for sure. What is one thing you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Mountain biking. What is something that a ton of people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of it? I just don't get TikTok. Who inspires you to be better? My dad. Well, it's that you made it through the lightning round and you made it through uh, the first half of our podcast. So thank you so much for joining us today. Is there any final words you'd like to leave our audience with? I appreciate you having me on and uh, I hope whatever I, you know, I may have said inspires others to do more social works within their community. Well, thank you again, Andy. It's been a pleasure. And um, we really appreciate all the work that you're doing and um, look forward to hearing more in the future. So thank you.